Isaiah chapter 55, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 6. If you have it, say amen. amen. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. A familiar passage of scripture that God has been dealing with my heart on, and I thank you, Brother Mills, for confirming some things for me in the Holy Ghost as you spoke, because his ways aren't our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And by the grace of God tonight, I want to preach to you a message I feel God has laid on my heart that I have entitled, Sometimes It's Like the Snow. Sometimes It's Like the Snow. Look at the person next to you. And tell them God's going to open up some of his promises in your life tonight. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> I believe in the word of God. I believe that God's church should be built upon the Word of God. I do not believe that it should be built upon fad. I do not believe that it should be built upon fashion. I don't believe it should be built upon fancy. But I believe it should be built upon the Word. It's not always popular, but it's always right. God's Word, the Bible says, is forever settled. There is no more shifting. There is no more unsettling. There is no movement. It only makes sense that we build 
upon the word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, he said. But my word shall never pass away. I think we need to be people of the word. I don't think we need to feed upon contemporary culture. We shouldn't feed upon that which is passing. And we sure shouldn't be feeding on Hollywood. We need to feed upon the Word. How many love the Word of God tonight? How many have made up in your mind that I'm not going to accept anything less than the Word of God? The whole truth and nothing but the truth. I don't want to be built upon music. I want to be built upon the Word. I don't want to be built upon talent. I want to be built upon the Word. I don't want to be built upon charisma. I want to be built upon the Word. His Word shall never. Somebody say never. Say it again. Say never. Never pass away. Amen. You can be seated. I'll, I'll, I'll tell young preachers that I think that we would do well to preach the word. And what I mean by that is I'm afraid that in our society there is a, a little bit of a temptation to preach kind of a pop psychology message. Catchy phrases, trendy ideas, well, I'm oriented to the youth, and so the youth can't handle the word. I don't agree with that. I, I, think, I think that we should teach it diligently to our children, and we should talk about it when we walk by the way, and when we lie down, and when we rise up, and we should put it upon the doorposts of our house, and we should teach it diligently unto our children. It's the Word of God. And it does not change. It does not change. So, somebody said, Brother Urshan, what do I need to do to preach? Should I get up and buy a fancy suit? Should I get a fifth wheel? Should I put a little extra gel in my hair? Should I carry a big Bible? Well, all of that's great, but I think we would be better served to immerse ourselves in the Word. Because I, I think, I think you, you don't have to manufacture anointing when you're in the Word. The Word has its own anointing. Hallelujah. People try to say that it's the Holy Ghost that's like fire shut up in our bones. That's not what he said. He didn't say it was the Holy Ghost that was like fire shut up in our bones. He said his word was in my heart like a fire shut up in my bones. And 
Honey, it'll put the preach in you. It'll put the teach in you. It'll put the doctrine in you. It'll put the, my God, somebody. It'll put something powerful, eternal, ancient down in your heart. And you'll never compromise. And you'll never go back. And you'll never shut up because his word is in your heart like a fire. Shut up in your bones. And so the promise from Isaiah is that the word will be like rain. It will bring life. It will bring life-giving dynamics. I can testify to this. I, where I pastor, we preach the word of God and we preach the apostolic doctrine. That's the Acts 238 message. It's not old-fashioned, it's timeless. And it works. And by the way, nothing else does work. Not religion, not pandering to the world, but the gospel. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no other power of God unto salvation. So I've seen it. I have seen the application of his word go forth. And I have seen people's lives that were desert lands, barren lands, waste lands. The Bible describes the condition of people's hearts as desert places where the owl and the cormorant and the zephyr, I don't know what a zephyr is, but I don't want one in my heart. And the bittern lodge and live, but I have seen the word of God go forth as promised by God, and I have watched green things begin to sprout. I've watched innocence be regained. I've watched hope spring up. I've watched integrity take root by the preaching of the Word of God. I've seen blossoms in people's lives. There's nothing like seeing the deadness in somebody's eyes when they come off the streets and then when God gets finished with them, turns them upside down, inside out, messes their hair up, fills them with the Holy Ghost, washes their sins away, and watching Hope, peace, joy, power, authority, spring up. So shall my word be. It will not return unto me void. I do not have to beg people to be saved. I do not have to cajole them to be saved. I don't have to schmooze them into the church. I've got to preach the word. My job is to preach the word. Preach the word. 
Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Young man, preach the word. Seasoned veteran, preach the word. Child of God, preach the word. We're not saved by music. We're saved by truth. We're saved by preaching. We're saved by doctrine. And there is an, there's an immediacy to the Word of God. There's things that happen right now. When the Word enters, the effect is instantaneous. It's like where I live, when a rain falls, my brown grass the next morning is green. I like it when I walk into church. I like it when I hear one of these men of God preach and I can feel it fall on me like rain. I can feel it seep down. I can feel it get into my spirit. I can feel it get into the crevices. I can feel it move into the cracks of my heart. I can feel it get into the dry places. Oh, hallelujah. I can feel it do a regenerative work. I can feel it. I feel new life. It brings forth seed. It brings forth buds. So shall my word be. So shall my word be. I like preaching the word. I like to hear the preached word. I don't know about you, but when I hear somebody preach the word, something inside of me says, Amen. When I hear the yay, something in me says, amen. When I hear the proclamation, something says, amen. So be it. So be it in my family. So be it in my marriage. Ah, so be it in my children. So there's an instantaneous effect, and God alluded to that when he said, it'll be like rain. It's going to quench. It's going to fulfill. When everything's right, when the atmosphere's right, my word will be like rain. It happened in the Bible. Uh, Jesus looked at different people and the Bible says that by the power of his word, he healed them. So it says things like, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched forth his hand, and the Bible says, immediately he was healed. He said, stand forth. They stand forth. And immediately his leprosy departed from him. Huh. Where? Immediate. Immediate. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately he picked up his bed and he walked. There is an, an instantaneous on the spot. There's people that can come in and can get the Holy Ghost tonight. Not next week. 
not next month, not next year, tonight. God can break addiction tonight. God can lift the lowly tonight. God can break your addiction to painkillers tonight. God can break anything in this house tonight. His word can do it. It's like the rain. It's like the rain. It's like the, so shall my word be. So shall my word be. It will not, that's a promise. It will not return again. It'll accomplish. Amen. But what happens when it's not immediate? What happens when his word goes forth and it's not instantaneous? When the message says I can be healed and I'm not healed. And what happens when the gospel is preached and someone doesn't obey? What happens when there's not an immediate reaction to the word of God? I look into the scriptures and I see the effect that God's word has on, on nature. And when, when God spoke to nature, it just happened. God said, let there be light, and there was light. I don't know if it happened like Brother Mills said it happened, but it happened. God said, let the dry land be separated from the waters. And it happened. It just happened. And, and God can do that in nature. He can separate the waters above from the waters of beneath. He can, he can say, let there be creeping things and, and four-footed beasts. He can say, let there be creatures in the sea. He can say to the sun, moon, and stars to remain, and they do. One place in Job said that, he looked at the ocean and he said, to remain and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. By the power of his word he did that. So why is it that when he comes to man, the pinnacle of his creation, he can say through his word the exact same thing and nothing happens? I don't know. His ways aren't my ways. His thoughts aren't my thoughts, but I don't know that maybe, maybe it's because we have a will. <laughs> when, when, when God, when Moses reached out by the voice of God and by the authority of God and told the waters to part, they just did because they have no will. They just do what God says. But when you tell somebody to come and to repent of their sins, they can stop and stand there. When God said to the sea to Peace, be still. The waves of the ocean obey him. But when, when he says to someone to be baptized in the name of Jesus, they can look at you and say, I wasn't raised that way. Nature knows to do it because nature has no will, but man has a will. Man can choose to repent or not repent. I, I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to say to God tonight, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. 
let me get out of the way so that the lame can walk. I want God to just say, be healed and my legs straighten out. I want to say, repent and I just repent. I want to say, receive the Holy Ghost and I just receive the Holy Ghost. I want him to say, be set free and I'm just set free. Get your will out of the way. Get your ideas out of the way. Get your upbringing out of the way and let the word of God do. what it's designed to do. <laughs> but if you're here tonight and you're not ready for the rain, God has something for you. It's called the snow. This is where the same stuff falls out of heaven, but it just can't penetrate yet. I'm going to tell you a story tonight. It was in the early 1900s where my great-grandfather, A.D. Urshan, was pastoring in New York City, and he had a family of four. And in this family, they were ministering in one of the greatest cities in the world. And people hear stories and they read books about my great-grandfather, and sometimes they forget that he was an immigrant in a strange country. Raised in a, a male-dominated paternal society, a Middle Eastern society, he married a girl from America and he set out to do the work of God in doing that he preached great revivals miracles happened thousands of people got the Holy Ghost people come up to me to this day and say I knew your great-grandfather or I knew your grandfather and and they did things and they ate at our home and they stayed with us here and I'll never forget when they and the stories are numerous. What a lot of people don't know is that in doing the work of God, he didn't do everything right. For instance, he came from the school where the women walk five feet behind the man. Women and men sat at different tables. To further complicate that, there was a large age difference between the two of them. He was older, she was younger. And finally, a third thing was he traveled relentlessly. He was doing the work of God, see? This was his thinking. And so this little immigrant man who loved God and who had great faith preached the word of God around the country while his wife and his children stayed home and you know it is possible to get out of balance in the things of God and so he would have an evangelist come in and preach for him he was a good evangelist he was talented he was well spoken 
And I hope this story is okay tonight because I'm talking about the snow. I'm talking about times in your life where it's bitter cold and the things of God don't penetrate like you really want them to. And there's not an immediate effect. Well, as the years passed and this became a common occurrence, finally, a relationship developed between his wife and the other man. And people will hear testimonies and they'll hear stories and they'll talk about faith, but they never really talk about the times that it snowed. And she left her family. People here tonight, maybe some of you knew my grandfather. If you knew him for any amount of time, you knew that there were times where he could be very abrasive. He loved God, but he could be mean. He could be tough. He loved the doctrine, but you weren't going to get too close to him. And they don't know where it came from. It came from a 12-year-old boy watching his mother walk out the door and say, I'm never coming back again. As A.D. Urshan pleaded with her not to do this. The bond had been broken. The devil was at work. And a family was shattered, held together by a man who spoke broken English in a city that was gigantic. And the day she walked out the door was the day... He found a prayer room and he prayed. And in that prayer room, God gave him a song. And picking up pen and putting it to paper, he wrote how he felt and how he prayed. And what came out on the paper was, there is sunshine in the shadows. And there is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine when we're burdened and our heart is filled with pain. There is sunshine when we're weary. weary. There's sunshine when we pray. There's sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. The words to that song were penned in a time of such distress that he felt like giving up. You don't know what that's like until you are in a spot where you're waiting on God's promises to come true. You know what I mean, like I'll never leave you and never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging for bread. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Where are these verses at? And the preaching goes forth. And when it goes, you want it to be rain, but it's not always rain. Sometimes it's snow. It's still there. It just forms a thin blanket on the top of things. Well... Time passed. And as the time passed, my grandfather grew up and became very bitter. 
betrayed, not knowing who to trust, watching his father struggle. He, um, he struggled with God and he would tell us, he told us the story one day in his advanced years of the day that mom came back. And as an 18 year old boy, he opened the door and she wanted to see her children. And as an 18 year old, he said some very strong words to her in his pain. My great grandfather grabbed him and slapped him across the face and said, you will never speak to your mother that way again. Pulled him in, pulled her in and ministered to her and gave her food and drink and let her see the children. While that was going on, my grandfather saw the man out in the car and running to the car, he yanked the door open, he pulled him out of the car and he began to attack the man on the sidewalk. This is a part of the story of the heritage that you don't hear. This is the part they don't talk about in books. That, that somewhere, somebody has to stand strong when God's promises aren't immediate. When you don't feel like praising God. When the pieces don't go together and you're frozen on the inside. God's word is still true. I'm here to tell somebody, God's word is still true. I don't care what the climate is in your life. I don't care how cold you feel right now. I don't care if you don't feel like praising God right now. Praise him anyway. Praise him anyway. Worship him anyway. Because it shall be like the snow. It shall be like, it will accomplish. Where's the promises of God that say things like, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Where's the scripture that talks about the judgment of the Lord? Vengeance is God's and he will repay. Those words ring a little hollow when they're laying on the surface of your heart. It's tempting to take things into your own hands when you don't let his word get down inside of you. But just because you don't feel like letting it in doesn't mean it's not there. It's still there. People don't know why he treated them very, at, at, to keep them at distance when they would get to a certain place. It was because he told himself, I'll never be hurt again. Wrestling with anger, wrestling with bitterness, he grew up. Never saw his mother after that for many, many years. And he became a minister. He pastored a large church. He became prominent. And somewhere in there, God began to deal with his heart that you can't arbor this bitterness towards your mother. And you can't be a man of God and live your life like this. Decades passed with no word. Decades passed in coldness, no holidays, no warm talks. It had grown very cold. It had grown arctic in his spirit on that topic. 
And finally, one day, God began to deal with his heart that he needed to do something about it as he understood and got a revelation of the grace of God and it got down into his spirit. See, I believe that even though it sits on the top, I think there's seepage. I think there's dribs and drabs that start to come down into the heart of a... You don't know the spiritual climate that a person has been through. You don't know what they've seen. You don't know what they've been through, how they've been betrayed, how they've been treacherously handled, and the reason why they're frozen may be a lot deeper than you think. I'm here to tell somebody that the love of God is the greatest thing this world has ever seen. You give God a chance and he'll seep. He'll leak into your spirit. He'll subtly infiltrate you. If you'll just let the word of God start to work, so shall my word be. So shall my word be. <laughs> and so, in his 50s or 60s, he hires a private investigator. And this man follows her trail. They haven't found her. They haven't seen her in so long. They have no idea where she's at. This man, for months, investigates and tracks her down to a rental tenement house in the far northwest where she now lives alone as an elderly woman. Given the address, Grandpa jumps on a plane and he flies there. And he stands outside a beat-up structure of a woman on a fixed income who's barely making ends meet. And he walks in and he asks if so-and-so is here, his mother. The manager says, well, she's not here. She's actually down the road, but she'll be back shortly. And he says, I'll wait. I'll wait right here. And he sits down to wait. And as he's waiting, the, the manager says, you know, I keep an eye on her. And I watch out for her. You know, nobody ever comes to see her. No one comes. She is completely alone. Hasn't had visitors in years. Holidays, nobody. Birthday, nobody. But something she does. She sits in the corner in that rocking chair and she listens to that radio to a radio preacher. And she cries and she cries and she cries. When it hit him that she was listening to her baby on harvest time, the full impact of what a cold heart can do. At that time, she walked in the door. He introduced himself, they reunited. He took her home and he cared for her until the day she died. Now what I'm telling you is the preacher in this pulpit wouldn't be here tonight if a man hadn't let the word of God get a hold of him and say, don't you ever let go. Don't you ever stop preaching. Don't you ever stop believing. Stand for the truth. God's word is true. God's word is true. I'm 37, and I love the message more than I ever have. 
I don't care what happens. I don't care who does it. I don't care how they do it. God's word is true. Sometimes it's like the rain, but sometimes it's like the snow. So shall my word be. Ha! Somebody needs to get a revelation of the delayed blessing of God's word. Somebody needs to get a revelation that it's going to come to pass. He will bless you. He will sustain you. He did not forget you. He did not leave you. You are not alone. This is not the end. This is the beginning. It may be hard for you to hear it, but sometimes it's like that. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There are things that can happen in your life that freeze you over, that seem to freeze God's promises, that lock up God's promises to where you don't think this thing's going to work. But I'm telling you, God knows how to thaw you out. God knows how to bring it around. God knows how to break you out of your unbelief. God knows... So shall my word be. So shall my word be. So shall my word be. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I think there's a lot to be said for the spiritual climate of a person's life. I think there's a lot to be said for for how you're going to receive the things of God. I believe that a lot of times when we're in a frozen situation, when, when, a, when, a, when a fiery Holy Ghost service doesn't seem to do it and when powerful preaching doesn't seem to do it, God didn't leave us without a weapon. He gave us a weapon. He called it patience. <laughs> I'll preach on love and I'll preach on joy and I'll pre preach on peace and people will shout and run the aisles and I'll preach on overcoming. But when I start preaching on patience, you hear the crickets. But I want somebody to understand that patience is a sliver of eternity. It's where God just stops the clock and says, just stay there. Remain right where you are. I'm going to work everything out. I want it now, God. Where's the promise at? Don't worry about that. My word can reach you even in that condition. I don't know why the young die. I don't know why hypocrites get away with things. I don't know why sometimes the wicked flourish. I don't know why circumstances happen. I don't know why racism flourishes. I don't know why all kinds of things happen. But I do know that God's word can lay over a people and over a nation until the climate changes. And then God begins to continue to work on 
them. God continues to do a work. It may take a little while. I don't know how long this season is going to last, but all I'm going to tell you is his word is able. His word is able. It will not return again void. Somebody hear that right now. Right where you are, you're about to give in to depression and you're about to give in to despair, but it will not, it will not, it will not return again void. It's a promise no matter how you feel. Amen. I think one of our most, you can be seated, one of our most powerful administrations of the word of God. Obviously, it's the rain and the immediacy of it in some, to some degree. But I think that when you can't break a situation with the immediate, I think that the extended application of God's word When I went to my city, there were strong spirits. There were spirits that had been dominant for a long time. Spirits of false doctrine. Spirits of Trinitarianism. Spirits of racism. There's no more racist time in my city than Sunday morning. As people gather into their own enclaves and their own little hidey holes and they have church and it's culturally bound. You get false doctrine connected to culture, you have got a demon from hell. And I preached and they didn't listen. And I preached and they rejected it. I pre listen to me, you preach anyway. Because if it's not penetrating, it's not returning again void either. God's got an answer. It'll be like the snow. It's laying there. It's waiting. It's waiting. It's waiting for things to warm up. It's waiting on the sun to shine. It's waiting on the season to change. It's what my. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. So shall my word be. God didn't leave you alone. Sometimes it's just like the snow. Uh, praise God. Praise God. I think you need to stick around long enough to see the end. Ha. Huh. God told Habakkuk, he said that the vision is for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and it shall not lie. Tarry for it. It will come to pass. Tarry for it. It will happen. Well, they're not listening to me. Keep on preaching. They're a different color. Keep on preaching. They won't hear me. Keep on preaching. Keep on preaching. Keep on preaching. Nobody did anything. Preach it again. 
shall my word be. There's going to be folks that won't hear you. God will just snow all over them. You'll build snowmen in the Holy Ghost. You'll need snowshoes. You can ski down those slopes. His word will go forth. His word will go forth. You keep on piling it on. You keep on piling it on. Because I got news for somebody. Springtime's coming. Springtime's coming. Something's going to shift. Something's going to change. Something's going to... That's like my word. Preach it. Preach it. Preach it. Preach it. right now but it's going to warm up things might be locked up right now but it's going to warm up things might be ecstatic right now but God's going to break it out God's going to break it out God's going to break it out so shall my you keep on praying for your backslidden children it's been snowing a long time, but you keep on praying for your backslidden children. You keep on praying for your unsaved husband. Everybody talks about the rain, but nobody talks about the snow. Acts 2.38 works. One God works. Jesus' name baptism works. Holy living works. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't stop. Amen. Y'all can be seated. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Somebody needs to stick around long enough to see the end of the story. <laughs> you might see Pharaoh's magicians throw down their rods. 
you might see them mock Moses. You might get tempted to look at Janice and Jane Breeze and think, well, maybe they're right. But you stick around long enough to watch over in the corner as Moses' serpent gobbles up theirs. Don't leave too early. Don't leave before God's continued application has a chance to work. Uh, you want to bring down cultural barriers? You let the love of God work on somebody. You let the love of God thaw somebody out. You, you keep on having church. You love people. Hey, you, you got to give things time. I remember reaching out to the Haitian community, and I made every cultural mistake and blunder that can be made. I stomped all over taboos. I was like a bull in a china shop. Sometimes you'll think something's the devil, and it's not the devil. You just don't know what people are doing. Americans look at them and dismiss them and say, well, they're just all crazy. They don't understand anything. They don't know how to do anything. Sometimes you got to let God work on them. There's a universal language that the love of God works. And it can move past culture. I faced such strong resistance from the cultural powers in my city because a white man was coming in preaching the gospel and they had never heard this before. And I remember those enemies standing and shouting against me. I remember giants of false doctrine coming against me. I believe right now that a lot of people give up before they see the miracle God has for them. Jesus said, whereunto shall I liken this generation? It's like, it's like children in a marketplace. They say, we've piped unto you and you haven't danced. And we've mourned unto you and you haven't wept. John the Baptist comes neither eating or drinking. You say he has a devil. The son of man comes eating and drinking. A wine-bibber, a friend of publicans. I can't win. No matter what I say, you're not receiving anything I'm saying. But wisdom is justified. Of all her children. What's that mean? That means the word of God is good. You let a year go by. And you let people get filled with the Holy Ghost. You let a second year go by. And you let those young adults grow up. And become godly. You let them be the best employees. The best workers. You watch as they don't have illegitimate pregnancy. You watch as they stop going to jail. You stop as the blessing of God comes on their life. You watch us as we keep on having church and we keep on having church and you just let it keep on snowing and snowing and snowing and eventually somebody warms up. Somebody warms up. And the same people that cussed me out came in and said, take my child too. Whatever you did with them, do with my baby. Save my children, preacher. Save my children. I want you to know that giants fall. 
You just got to wait for the season to change. They hear it. They might not let it in, but they hear it. I'm talking about rebellious teenagers that sit frozen with folded arms. They hear it. Right now, they might be too cool. Right now, they may have peer pressure. Right now, it may be a cold season in their life, but you just lay that snow on them. You preach and preach and preach and preach because the day's coming, honey, when every one God's scripture is going to start trickling down. The day is coming when they're going to know how to pray. The day's going to come when they remember Arkansas camp meeting 2013 and the God that moved that night I need him to move right now you keep on preaching you keep on singing you keep on praying don't be scared to preach well they're not going to receive it preach anyway And if they reject your verbal preaching, preach with your lifestyle. There's nothing worse than somebody that knows how to shout and speak in tongues and is a lazy employee. There's nothing worse than somebody who knows how to run the aisles and they're a liar. You can preach in more than one way. You don't have to cram a Bible down their throat. You can witness to them and then just live. The Bible says that you are living epistles, known and read of all men, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. They may not open up this Bible, but they'll open up the Bible of your actions and the the Bible of your daily choices and the Bible of your daily activities and you just keep on snowing. You just keep on snowing. Sometimes it's like that. (laughs) Praise God. They preached. Those disciples preached. They preached Jesus. They preached the resurrection from the dead. They preached the kingdom of God. They preached and they hated them. They preached and they wanted to stone them. They preached and they rejected it. But I'm telling you, every message they preached was another layer. Every message they preached was another layer. The first year, the second year, 
the third year until the crucifixion, they preached the kingdom of God is nigh unto you. Nothing was going on. They were rejecting it wholesale. It was not happening. They crucified Jesus, and it seemed like the coldest day they'd ever been in in their life. Hallelujah. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He appeared unto them, and he said, Go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They went and they prayed. And for seven days, the first day, something started thawing. The second day, it got a little warmer. Sometimes you just need to have Holy Ghost Church and pray a hole in heaven until things start warming up in the Holy Ghost. The third day, the fourth day, the sixth day, the seventh day. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come... You know, cloven tongues like as a fire and it's set upon each other. God's going to heat things up. God's going to change the season. God's going to... Now, when they saw the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, they said, men and brethren, what is this all about? These withers speaking in tongues. What does this mean? These are drunken uh, they're, they're, they're out of their mind. And Peter stood up with the eleven. And you know the story. He preached unto them Jesus. He preached the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And he said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now they had heard it and 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 heard it. Now when they heard it. Springtime's coming, baby. Springtime's coming. Springtime's coming. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Sometimes it's like the snow. Sometimes it's like the snow. I'm going to tell you what, when God starts thawing things out, he'll thaw deeper than you think he will. There are some scriptures that God broke out of the ice. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. That thing had been in ice for so long. That thing had been frozen for a long time. But in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit... They got that part, but somehow they missed the upon all flesh part. Under the excitement of the Holy Ghost. Is this all right? Under the excitement of the Holy Ghost, they were saying stuff like, Holy Ghost going to come upon you? Yeah. And you're going to be witnessing unto me? Yeah. 
in Judea, yeah, and in Samaria. There's the crickets. There's the crickets, my little friends. And to the uttermost parts of the earth. Frozen in racism. Frozen in prejudice. Frozen in religious egotism. Frozen in Phariseeism. God had been waiting for a long time to reach those crazy Gentiles. And on the day of Pentecost, while they were so excited about the Holy Ghost, they didn't realize that they had thawed out another part of God's Word they didn't even see yet. The edges of God's purpose were sticking out. Something frozen for a long time was sticking out, but they couldn't see it. God was trying to reach the Gentiles all the way back when he told the prophet that the people that sat in darkness have seen a great light. The Gentiles are going to trust in his name. God told Abraham, Abraham is going to be like the sand by the seashore. That's the natural. You can touch it with your fingers. It's physical. There's a physical promise to Israel. Oh, but there's a heavenly promise as well. And it shines. I got plans for Africa. And I got plans for Italy. And I got plans for Germany. And I got plans for Russia. And I got plans for the U.S. of A. And I got plans for South America. So it's like the stars. God was doing this Gentile thing thousands of years ago. But it sat frozen. Sometimes we're just ignorant. Sometimes we're so wrapped up in our own stuff that we have no idea what God is doing. And God's going, come on, come on, come on. How many angels do I have to send you? And Peter's in a trance, and he's up there praying. And God lets down a sheet of creeping things. Arise, Peter, kill and eat. Not so, Lord. I've never had anything unclean past my lips. What I've cleansed, don't call common, don't call it unclean. He did it one time. He did it two times. He did it three times. Time after time, God's trying to tell him, I'm doing something. I'm thawing things out. And while God's thawing out Peter, God's thawing out Cornelius. God's on his tiptoes. I've been waiting to get a hold of them for a long time. I've got some dark-skinned people. I've got some yellow skin. Come on, Peter. You're still frozen. You're still frozen. You're still frozen. But the Bible says that he went and he began to talk to him. Cornelius shows up and says, The Lord appeared unto me and told me thus and so. Peter said, Now I perceive. 
God is no respecter of persons. And he preached unto them, Jesus. You know what I think? I think that God let Peter get about three words out. I don't know, about 20 words out, 50 words out, whatever it was. And finally, he just said, get out of the way. That's enough. And while Peter yet spake the words, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. Get out of the way. I'm breaking out. I'm breaking out. I'm breaking out. I'm breaking out. I'm coming out. I'm rising up. I'm getting out of this thing. Somebody break out tonight in the Holy Ghost. Woo! I'm almost done. I'm trying to stop. Can I have a couple more minutes? I think that there's preaching that lays on the surface of people's lives, waiting on the right moment. All the pieces are there. Everything needed, everything needed for an apostle was in Saul. But he was frozen. He was locked up. Paul knew more Old Testament than anybody in this building. Paul could quote the Old Testament up one side and down the other. His prophetic grasp was mind-blowing. And he was frozen in Jewish elitism, thinking that he was doing God's service. Hallelujah. But one day, he heard a Jesus name, one God preacher. Recite the history of Israel. Listen to me, Stephen. Don't be afraid to preach the Word of God. I need some Stevens in this building to say, I'll preach it. I'll preach it on my job. I'll preach it in my neighborhood. I'll preach it in my school. I'll preach it to my neighbors. I'll preach it. I'll preach it. I'll preach it. I'll preach it. And Stephen preached Jesus. The Bible says that Saul was consenting unto his death. And he held the coats of the men as they stoned Stephen. You can hold the coats all you want to. But you're still going to hear the preaching of the word of God. It might not have been like rain, but it was like snow. Falling on the frozen ground of no revelation. It just laid there. Ah, but when Saul went to sleep that night, he went to sleep with the name of Jesus on his mind. Oh, that can't be. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's insane. But God saw the pieces of an apostle in that man. He went hailing. The Bible says that later on that he, he was, it teaches that he was tormented by it. Because he says, I was consenting unto his death. It lay over him like a blanket. But the day is going to come, brother, when, when God shows up. 
God will show up. It might take a prison cell. It might take a sickness. It might take having children and growing up. It might take a lot of stuff, but when God shows up, he knows how to thaw some things out. He knows how to knock you down. He knows how to take you out. He knows how to put you on your back. Those Old Testament scriptures were like puzzle pieces scrambled all across the floor of Saul's mind. And God knocked him down on the Damascus Road. And he looked up, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And God said, I am. Now, now, when he said, I am, I believe that things started thawing out. I believe Old Testament scriptures started clicking into place. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They parted my raiment and they cast lots upon my vesture. Scriptures started coming together that never came together before. Unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And thou shalt call his name. Wonderful. Counselor. Saul knew this better than anybody in this room. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. Those scriptures started dripping. The ice started cracking. Revelation started exposing. In that day there shall be one Lord. And in him shall the Gentiles trust. And his name shall be one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Moses, tell them, I am, that I am, hath sent you. It all clicked together in his mind, and he looked up, and he heard, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. And Saul broke out. Saul broke out. Saul broke out. He fell down Saul and he rose up Paul. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell somebody that God will thaw you out in the Holy Ghost if you'll give him a chance. Don't you stop praying for your children. Don't you stop praying for your husband. Don't you stop praying for your wife. Don't stop praying for the backslider. Don't stop praying for your neighbor. Don't stop praying for revival. Don't stop praying for the harvest. It's coming. It's coming. Wait for it. It's for an appointed time. It'll come to pass.
Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you're from denomination, you're going to want to leave really quickly if you want to stay frozen. Because if you stick around one God people, we're going to heat this thing up until the scriptures come alive. Yeah. We're going to break you out of that three God mold. We're going to break you out of that Trinitarian mindset. We know Jesus is the Father, and we know Jesus is the Son. We know Jesus is the Holy Ghost, and all these three are one. I'm thawing out. I'm thawing out. I'm thawing out. So shall my word be. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And The light shined in darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That is the true light that lighteth every man that cometh. We're going to have you baptized in Jesus' name before this night's out because he's the mighty God in Christ. He's the mighty God in Christ. Hallelujah. All over this building, I want somebody to lift up your hands. I want somebody to lift up your hands. I want you to open up your mouth and say, God's breaking me out. God's breaking me out. So shall my word be. 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 Somebody break out where you are. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, the ice is cracking. The ice is cracking. The snow is melting. Yes! 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 So shall my word be. Cry out! Cry out! Cry out! Cry out! Right where you're at! Worship Him! Worship Him! God's breaking you out of bitterness. God's breaking you out of denominationalism. God's breaking you out of religion. God's breaking you out of false doctrine. God's breaking you out of hatred. God's breaking you out of racism. Let it crack. Let it break. Come out. Come out. Rise up. So shall my word be. So shall my word be. Go! Go! 
all over this building I want you to cry unto the Lord right now I want you to cry unto the Lord right now Breaking things loose. God's shaking things loose. God's filling some scriptures. I want some young men, some young ladies, come down here around the front. Hallelujah. I want you to get a hold of the oneness of God. I want you to get a hold of Jesus' name. My word. My word. No, go ahead. So shall my word be. Jesus' name, break out! Holy Spirit! Holy Spirit! 